When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. With Tony Maradero. 55 seconds left in the penalty, a minute and 27 seconds left in regulation time. Boston 4, Montreal 3. Lafleur coming out rather gingerly on the right side. He gives it into Lemaire back to Lafleur. Oh! The sickest Montreal Canadiens podcast. <laughs> there is a bomb. Sports entertainment like no other. Rejoint, on lui fait perdre la rondelle une passe devant. Et c'est la bonne place. Ce sera la victoire des Canadiens. Stanley pour les Canadiens. Le match troisième de l'histoire. You found the dogs. John, you found the dogs! He found the dogs! And all together, they worked the young team to the top. And now, a 24th Stanley Cup banner will hang from the rafters of the famous forum in Montreal. The Canadians win the Stanley Cup! Brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. 8.6 beer. Intense by nature. And Lacage. If the last time you went to the Lacage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to Lacage. It's going to be sick. Marinero on this uh, Tuesday, November 29th. It is a couple of minutes past uh, 10 o'clock, and we are live on YouTube. We're live on Facebook, and we are live on Twitter. As a matter of fact, let me just uh, grab my phone right now because uh, one of the things I like to do is actually retweet that we're on, and uh, here we go. We are on. All right, okay. And uh, letting everyone know as well that we'll be taking calls at one triple eight five eight five sick one triple eight five eight five seven four two five at one point. All right, that is done. So thank you for bearing with me on that one. It is the sick podcast, and it is brought to you in part by several proud sponsors. One of which, of course, is. The people right in front of me, here they are, 8.6 beer, intense by nature of the beer for those who follow their instinct and live their passions in order to make their mark. The Montreal Canadiens lose by a score of 4 to nothing to the San Jose Sharks and Habs. Nation is divided. Half of them wanted to see them win, and the other half, like me, who want the rebuild because they keep watching highlights of a certain Connor Bedard and a certain Adam Fantilli are, uh, you know, uh, not overly disappointed that they lost. Uh, to my buddy... Jean-Charles Lajoie of TVA Sports, GEC, and Premier Contar on BPM Sports Radio. I told them earlier tonight that uh, the Montreal Canadiens would win 4 nothing. A shout-out to Jake Allen. I got the score right that it was 4 nothing, but it's not the Montreal Canadiens who won it. It is the San Jose Sharks. And Jake Allen, uh, when it rains, it pours. Things are not going well for him because... Prior to the hockey game last, uh, prior to the hockey game, he had a record of six and seven. Uh, you can now make it a record of six and eight in fourteen games. Prior to the game, his goals against average was three sixty two, and his save percentage was eight ninety one. Uh, this one here does not get better, and there's a big controversy in town right now because head coach Martin Saint Louis said that Jake Allen is his number one a couple of days ago. And uh, the good Shane has played pretty good. His name is Samuel Montambo with a record of 5-2-1 with a goals against average of 247 and a save percentage of 924. But Jake Allen didn't get any run support either tonight, did he? The Montreal Canadiens scored zero goals for him, make it zero. And they were on the power play for over 11 minutes in this game and 57 seconds of which was on a 5-on-3 
Their power play went 0 for 6, and I find it mind-boggling. I love Marty St. Louis. I love everything about him. But I find it mind-boggling that a Marty St. Louis team struggles this much on the power play. Maybe one guy who can put his uh, finger on it. Joining us for the very first time on the Sick Podcast, and um, I'm pretty happy that uh, he is. I gave him a call earlier today. He is a host on BPM Sports Radio 91.9 on your FM dial in Montreal. He hosts the show between 1.30 in the afternoon and 3.30 in the afternoon weekdays. Max Van Hoot, what's going on, my man? Tony, how are you doing? I'm doing extremely well. It was only a little while ago that I discovered that your English is very good. So it's here capable. you are. It's okay. I- I'm decent. I'm doing good for a guy born in Cécile, Québec. Let's put it that way. Cécile, Québec. All right. Cécile, okay. Who, who else very famous comes from Cécile, Québec? Guy Carbonneau. Ah, Guy Carbonneau. Yeah, I've heard yeah. of him. The arena is famously called after him. Of course. Um, Cal House. Okay. And uh, the most famous of all, Anne-Sophie Bété, Montreal Force captain and uh-huh. uh, all-star on the television also. All right. I, I will tell you this, uh, of course, and, uh, you know, none of them need any introduction. Everyone knows who they are. Carl Dykos was one of the athletes that uh, I thought was the most pleasant to deal with when he played with the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. Overall, good guy. Just a very, very good man, Carl Dykos. I run into him every now and then. And uh, he's always a pleasure to, 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 to talk to. He's very, very approachable, very down-to-earth, very humble guy. I like Carl Dykos a lot. You know, speaking of humble, uh, the San Jose Sharks gave the Montreal Canadiens a little bit of humble pie tonight. This was one of the Canadiens' worst efforts of the season. Uh, I totally agree with you, actually, Tony. You're lucky that I love you so much and respect you so much because uh, I, I would have uh, taken the night off gladly after that one. I mean... It looked like those... Well, somebody uh, has to work tonight. The players took the night off. Oh, you have man, to but show up. You know those 2000s game involving the New Jersey Devils uh, yes. with Jacques Lemay? All the respect to Jacques Lemay. But to me, those were like... I, I was a kid, obviously, back then yes. and a teenager. But those were the worst game to watch for me. I enjoyed them because I'm a goalie guy and I loved Martin Brodeur. Yeah. But I had flashbacks tonight. And, you know, the worst he was part getting, of it He is, was getting 18 shots per game. <laughs> yeah, but the worst part of it is at least the Devils were good. You know, they were incredibly good at doing that. But this, the San Jose Sharks, really? Like, respect to their game. Um, Nick Bonino blocked, what, five shots tonight. Marc-Edouard Vlasic blocked four. But uh, you, use, you use the word lack of effort, and I totally agree. It's, uh, to me, I don't mind the loss. I agree with you. I don't mind the Canadians losing this year for the rebuilding effort. But I want to see an effort. And I have seen the effort more often than not so far this year. But tonight, uh, the goal to start the game, like, killed them instantly, I felt like. Yeah, it's funny because uh, my son was saying to me last night, he said, uh, hey, I found some Canadians tickets on uh, one of the apps and stuff like that on the Internet. He says, I can get in for $65. I'm thinking of going to the game. He said, what do you think? I said, well, you know what? This team is pretty exciting. I said, they are a very, very entertaining team. But I don't know. There's just something about this game. Probably this one shouldn't be the one to go to. So luckily for him, he didn't go to it because it was one of the rare games that was not overly entertaining. Look, let's put the cards on the table. We've been blessed to watch Nick Suzuki pick up 12 goals up until now and Cole Caulfield as well. And Kirby Doc very much completing that line. But that line was a combined minus nine tonight. Minus three for Suzuki, minus three for Caulfield, minus three for Kirby Doc. And, you know... um, They tried to find a way to put this guy to sleep. (laughs) And uh, tonight he did. So there's my pillow, and uh, my pillow is going to sleep. My pillow, by the way, which I got from our buddy Chris Latornad from Sport Latornad store in Vaudreuil Dorion. He sells player cards, whether it's hockey cards or football cards or baseball cards or soccer cards or you name it. He joined me on the program uh, a couple of nights ago to talk about it. And he had a Caden Gooley pillow, and he said he can have pretty much anybody that you want. And uh, we went out for lunch yesterday, and uh, he presented me with this. It's pretty cool, eh? I don't beautiful. even know if Cole himself has one, but it's really, it's really beautiful, to tell you the truth. Uh, the uh, Sick Podcast brought to you in part, of course, by 
Energy Transportation Group, they always bring the energy. I can tell you that. They're an asset-based 3PL provider offering outstanding service at incredible rates, serving all of North America. Energy Transportation Group offers full-service logistics report. It is a great place to work. They come to work. Unfortunately, the Canadians, not everyone came to work tonight. It was 93 seconds in, max 93 seconds. That's all it took for the San Jose Sharks to go up by a score of one to nothing. Are you hearing me, Max? Sorry, Tony. I lost you here for a second. I okay, think do you have now. me now? Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's back. Sorry. All right. I was no problem at all. It happens when you're dealing with the internet. I was yeah. just saying that it took 93 seconds for the San Jose Sharks to get on the board. 93 seconds. Oh, uh, yeah. And I mean, uh, and I hear you every morning with JC, right? And I hear you also on TV Sport. And uh, you know what? Like, I understand, and I know you talked about it this morning, but. I understand Martin St. Louis to back the, the veteran netminder. I totally do understand, and I, I respect that. There is part of me that respects that. But um, I was skeptical of the decision tonight because Samuel Montembeau has been doing so great. And you can't give that goal in if you're Jake Allen. Uh, now this is a sixth time in the last seven start of Jake Allen that he has a save percentage under 900 with tonight's game. Uh-huh. That is uh-huh. now, what, nine consecutive game or eight time out of nine with uh, three goals or more given by Jake Allen. And you need him to make that, stay, that save to start. You need him to make the key save. that This game should have been uh, blank on both sides heading into the third period. There was no reason for that goal to go in. And mostly there was no reason for Jake Allen to give that goal so early. So I don't want to bang on his head or anything, but he is yeah. off right now, and it's all trust. You look at him in front of the net, and it's all trust. He's fighting yeah. with the puck. He's fighting with easy shots. He's fighting with the rebounds. All things that were not happening early in the season. Yeah, he's a goalie with no confidence right now. We see it with players. When Cole Caulfield last year in the first 30 games of the season had one goal, he was a player with no confidence. There were other players in their respective positions that had no confidence. Jake Allen right now has absolutely no confidence. Um, He just doesn't. Um, He's got no confidence. It's incredible. It's incredible. And you you expect, sorry, the veteran on the team to bring that effort. Whatever you can say about David Savard, game in, game out, he's bringing the effort. Um, you know, Brendan Gallagher is never going to be back to being the Brendan Gallagher of all, but he is bringing the effort. And for Jake Allen, he really needs to find his groove back because if not, like I said, I understand Martin St. Louis to give him the vote of confidence for now. And, um, you know, I'm not mad the way they're dealing with Montembeau right now. I know mm-hmm. it's a hot topic. I know some people don't like it. But with a netminder like Samuel Montembeau, I am a fan of... Uh, I would say applying the boiled frog theory here. Like, don't put him in the hot bath instantly. Let him get warm to the water. Let the water get warm to him. And uh, I don't hate it. I don't hate it because if you start giving him more game, maybe his stats too will get a little bit more down. But let's let's give him the confidence. And I do not hate that, but Jake Allen definitely needs to start doing his part too. Well, so, you know, jean Charles and I were talking about it earlier this morning, like you mentioned. And, you know, Marty St. Louis comes out and says, hey, Jake Allen is still my number one. You take a look at the stats, those aren't stats worthy of being number one. I was a little bit surprised in a sense that he said it because he doesn't talk about Nick Suzuki being his number one centerman. He doesn't talk about Dvorak or Monahan being his two or the other one being his three. He doesn't talk about Doc being his first-line winger. He doesn't talk about Anderson being his second-line winger. He doesn't talk about Matheson being his number one defenseman. So I say to myself, why is he mentioning that Allen's number one? And there has to be a method to his madness. There's got to be a reason why he's saying it. Is he showing a lot of respect for a veteran? Probably not, because some of the youngsters are the best players on the Montreal Canadiens. Is he trying to say it because he's thinking positive reinforcement, he gets Allen's confidence back up? Is he saying it because... They want to hype Allen back up because at one point they want to trade him. Is he saying it because he wants to motivate Montembeau anymore? Is he saying it because he truly believes it? Is he saying it because he's just not sold on Montembeau because eight games is not a big enough sample size? Well, choose whatever option you want. Um, I don't even know. What do you think? 
I think that us goalies are strange creatures, uh, Tony. Oh, we you're need a goalie that. too, eh? We you're a goalie too. I, I, I used to be. I used to be when I was younger. I have switched to the winger position as an adult because the old hips don't hold the butterfly position as much as yeah. they used to. Yeah, yeah. There's always But, hip surgery. You can have plastic hips now. Oh, come on, man. I, I just turned 31 literally yesterday, man. I'm not having plastic hips at my age, yeah. Tony. Come on, man. Yeah, I was... Uh, I, I, I was, doing uh, I, I was 31 two weeks ago, and then all of a sudden I turned 50 <laughs> like that. So enjoy 31, my man. It goes fast. I remember uh. when people used to say to me, when 50-year-olds used to say to me, and I was like 15 years old, enjoy your teenage years <laughs> because the next thing you know, you're going to be 50 years old. And I used to say 50 years old. That's in 35 years. And guess what? It took one year for 35 years to pass. <laughs> that's how fast it went. All right, yeah. okay. I, I have to get to something because – I was never sold on your eyes, Slavkowski. And by the way, okay. full confidence in Marty St. Louis and all the buttons that he's pushed. But you know what? He's not always going to be right. And I don't always have to agree with him, but I do love him. But I was never really sold on your eyes, Slavkowski playing on the fourth line. I said to Jean Chal at the beginning of the year, I said, Jean Chal, if he's going to end up playing fourth line on a regular basis at that point, I'm almost thinking I'd rather see him in Laval play on the first line or the second line. Because if he plays on the fourth line, he's going to be playing with players with less talent, far less talent. He's going to hit and get hit. That's not the type of game I want from him. With all due respect to Evans and Pozzetta, I mean, I think it's safe to say that Pozzetta and Slavkowski can't play together. They just... Not again. They're not on... They're, they, they don't see the game the same way, and they don't play the game the same way. No, uh, Slavkovsky, you can see, he has, to, he has more talent in his left foot than his two linemen have in their old body. And it shows on the ice. It shows on the ice. And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I saw him at the end of the game with uh, Anderson. And was it Dvorak who was with them? Yeah. Uh, I think it was Dvorak centering them. And I love that. Um, I'll do respect to Yoel Armia. Uh, but... Uh, The guy, I don't, I don't know what happened to him. You, you were talking about hitting 50 in a day. Yoel Armia aged five years this summer. He brought uh, good services the past few years, but this year he is doing absolutely nothing. Uh, I, I have a theory. See... I have a theory. Oh, go for it. Please. And uh, by the way, this will be denied <laughs> because no one's going to say it's true, especially not Yoel Armia. And by the way, I could be wrong, but I'm going to give you my theory. Go for it. Having hung around the Canadians, not as much as guys that are on the beat all the time, but I'm going to tell you this. Every time I was around the Canadians, Armia, Lekkinen, and Kokkinyemi, the Finns, yeah. like this, yeah. together all the time. And I believe when Kokkinyemi left, Armia lost a part of himself. Like, his spirit went with it. He and uh, Kakinyemi lived in the same complex. They were together all the time. They would drive into the rink all the time. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, I, I think at one point, one caught COVID. The other one may have caught COVID or not. I think they were driving in together or having supper yeah. together. You're not supposed to drive in together, by the way, during the COVID rules. At least I don't think so. Anyway, long story short, I really believe that when the Finns moved on, It crushed his spirit. I believe that. That is interesting. That That's actually really First interesting. First time you hear that, eh? Yeah, it is. You see that? The thing is, you know, I really respect that uh, this is 2022 and that we need to acknowledge the player's personal life. Not that I care about it, but in the sense that it can affect a game. It really can. But Yoel Armia, you know what? If it was the other way around, let's say KK was still here and Lekanen and Armia were gone and suddenly there was a dip in progression or whatever, cut Kanye and me being 22-year-old, I would be like, okay, fine. But Yoel Armia is a big boy. He's a 29, 30-year-old man. He's a veteran. Um, it's part of the business. It's bad. It might suck for him, but it's part of the business. You can't use that as an excuse for him. But uh, you're making a valid point. I feel no desire from Yoel Armia. Uh, honestly, I see nothing. I, you know what? Uh, I, I've been a very, very critical guy of Yevgeny Dadanov so far this season, uh, calling him a ghost and anything. I don't see him on the ice. And I'm starting to get the same feeling from Yoel Armia. He's wearing an invisibility cloak out there. I don't see him. And Uri Slavkovsky, you know what? Sometime in the wrong way, but I see him. I see him trying. I see him doing things. And most importantly, 
I see him being too good for his line mate, line mate right now. Give him an opportunity to get those points on the board. So I don't know if the Habs being good is slowing that progression up because, I don't know, they're trying maybe to win games that they didn't think they were yeah. going to win. I don't know. Maybe, but still. Uh, no, I, I, I don't like I, not I, seeing I think, him giving think, opportunities. I, I think you said Dvorak, but it was Monaghan. Um, it was Monaghan, okay. Yeah, sure. it was Monaghan. And um, much to the delight uh, of a lot of people, because there have been Dude. many who have been wanting to see Slavkovsky and Monaghan yes. together at the same time, one of which is our buddy Jean-Charles, who's been wanting to see them together. It's funny because Jean-Charles wanted Slavkovsky on the fourth line, but he hasn't produced, so now he wanted to see him with Monaghan. <laughs> Once again, I, I said it before, I'm going to say it again. Uh, the Canadians have a lot smarter people working for them than Tony Marinero. Jeff Gordon smarter than Tony Marinero. Um, Kent Hughes is smarter than Tony Marinero. Martin St. Louis is smarter than Tony Marinero. Clearly, they have experience in bringing along players, which Tony Marinero does not have. Clearly, they have a plan for Uri Slavkowski, but I don't have to agree with it. I don't like it. I don't like seeing him on the fourth line. I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to bring him around slowly but surely, and they don't want to give him too much because if they give him too much and he ends up on the second line, he ends up again going up against the first pairing or second pairing of defense. He ends up going up against the first line or a second line. They don't want him to get burned. But in my personal opinion, putting him on a fourth line with fourth line players, that's him getting burned too. Yeah. I view that as getting burned. Isn't Monaghan the perfect centerman also to have? Like, it's it's a benefit. And I don't know what's your thought on this, but he's probably not going to be here all season if he keeps playing like this. I don't see why he would stay. I think he can bring something at the trade, trade deadline. So why not use that to your side? There's nothing better than having a veteran near you uh, as responsible as Monaghan. And you, for those of you who listen to BPM Sports, you hear Bob Hartley all the time and way before he came to Montreal always talking about how good of a human being of a leader everything Sean Monaghan is use that to your advantage while you have him because like I said I'm pretty damn sure he's not going to be there all season um, so no we totally agree on this totally agree on this and especially that uh, you know Monaghan has been at time this year looking to his left looking to his right and like really tonight this is who I'm playing with at least you are Slavkovsky he's gonna he's gonna try and do something with him Yeah, no, listen, uh, of course, uh, of course, they're going to try and do something with him. But at, at the same time, like this experience now, or this experiment of putting him with Monaghan and putting him with Anderson, this has to last a couple of games. Because if you recall, when Hoffman went down with that injury, they yeah. put him with Dvorak and Gallagher, if memory serves me well. They played one game. He didn't do well. He had 14 and a half minutes of ice time. He did not do all that well. But the next game, they put Evgeny Dadanov on that line. Like, if you're going to move Slavkovsky up, if you're going to give him an opportunity, give him a real one. It's got to last more than a game. Agreed. I totally agree with that. And the part of that I don't understand is I, I, maybe it's because they don't have a choice. But they clearly are comfortable giving opportunities because they give them to all the kids on the defense uh, on the defensive side. And like I said, it, it's uh, it's a worse situation on defense. They had no short, no choice, especially at the start of the season. But clearly, they are comfortable giving the opportunities. And the thing I like about Slavkovsky is he has a lot of things to learn. But already, you know, the battles along the the boards. Uh, the 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 playmaking the the hockey IQ sorry hockey IQ is the term I was yeah. searching for uh, it's already up there it already is up there so why not try him with somebody who can see the game the way that he sees it and I'm a bit disappointed in Jake Evans so far this year because I thought he was going to be more of a very 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 good fourth line center borderline third. And uh, so far this year, he, he is not able to have a player as smart as Slavkovsky on his wing, it shows to me. All right. So now uh, this is the first time you and I have had a chance to chat, and it's a yeah. pleasure. And I hope it's going to be the first of many, by the way. I don't know exactly where you stand on this, but, um, you know, uh, look at my uh, look at the sweater that I'm wearing for a second. Yeah. Uh, look at the sweater that I'm, uh, I'm wearing for a second. And it's by the amazing. way, the sick podcast. Uh, is brought to you in part by Lacage. If the last time you went to Lacage was when the Habs won the Cup, it's time you get back to Lacage. 
The menu will surprise you. The sweater says, embrace the tank. I am one who um, wants to see the Canadians lose more games this season and maybe even next season and last season so that they could win more games going forward in the future and they can sustain it, okay? Yeah. I am embracing the tank. When the Canadians started to win hockey games at one point this season, a lot of people said, yeah, 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 this is what we want. We want to win hockey games. We want to make the playoffs. Where do you stand on this? Uh, in an ideal world, this would be where I would want the Habs to be. I, honestly, uh, I do believe that um, the more you give yourself chances the more you can take those chances because you know a lot of people are going to say yeah look at the Oilers look at the Sabres yeah but also look at the Avalanche like yeah they got McKinnon and uh, Rantanen and they got uh, not Rantanen sorry Landeskog number two uh, yeah. and uh, McKinnon number one but they ended Mc up getting the other can, real stuff if I, if I can McKinnon one Landeskog two two Makar four four yeah Um, Rentanen was nine or ten. Uh, hold on a sec. Byram four. Oh yeah, they got Byram too. Rantanen ten. Yeah. Nachuskin ten. Uh, Kadri by trade, who was Toronto's seventh. Yeah. Johnson by trade, who was once upon a time, I believe, St. Louis's first. The many many players in the top ten. Exactly. And that's exactly my point. It's like, Kel McCarr, you go back, he's a number one overall pick, right? So if you're only drafting high that year and you're going number two like the Flyers did and you get Nolan Patrick, well, of course you're going to have this chance of missing your shot. But if you're going there for a few years and get a few shots, you're going to get maybe your McKinnon at number one, but you're maybe also getting your McCarr number four and you may be getting your Rentanen at number 10. So uh, yeah. I, too, agree. Uh, I want a top 10. I want another top 10 pick, that's for sure. Uh, I would really appreciate them to give a shot at uh, one or two this year because it's one of those years like uh, Jack Eichel, Connor McDavid, and Ovechkin, and uh, Gino uh, from all the come that we're getting. Yeah. So I, I, I would like it, but I personally, I am convinced that, you know, October hockey and the strength of schedule to start the season. I don't know if you saw this uh, this week. Uh, the Habs, I think, are, if my memory is correct, fifth yeah. uh, for the rest of the season in the hardest strength of schedule. So I think it's going to come back more to normal. Also, I'm we were really, talking... I'm, uh, I'm really glad, pardon me, that you brought that up because I've mentioned on a couple of occasions that I believe that when the schedule is going to get tougher, Max is going to be starting on of the course. 17th of December when the Canadians... And going all the way up to, I believe, the 5th of January. Let me, re let me mention those games if I can. They host Tampa. Two nights later, they're in Arizona. Two nights after that, they're in Colorado. Two nights after that, they're in Dallas. They're off for four days during the holidays. They come back on the Wednesday, they're in Tampa. The following night, they're in Florida. And two nights later, they're in Washington in the afternoon. Three games. Yeah. In three and a half days, Tampa, Florida, Washington. They go to Nashville a couple of days later to play another game on the road. And then they come back and they play the New York Rangers at home. Uh, this is a difficult schedule, especially from the 17th of December to the 5th of January. It's very tough, Max. Precisely. And, you know, you're looking at it right now. Sam Montembeau is still ninth in the league according to evolving hockey for gsax goal save goal saved above expected ninth in the league i love sam i want to see him play more but if he ends the year in the top 10 in goal save above expected well we're gonna have to rethink uh, his future because it's unsustainable there was a point at the start of the season where both him and allen were in the top 15 uh jake allen actually is out of the full first page and like at bottom second page now so i think this is going to get back to normal and i think that uh, you know the the atlantic division is not going to stay also as competitive at this, as it is being right now so to me it, it, it's a good thing right now because they're winning games they're having fun they're learning and i think it's uh, when uh, when push comes to shove january february i think it's going to get back to normal and they will be back in a position to draft top 10 to me this, i'm not concerned yet with that yeah yeah can you let's talk about the power play here and thanks everyone watching on youtube on facebook and on twitter and if you like what you're hearing you like what you're seeing 
please hit the like button, share it with your friends, share it with everyone. And uh, if you're listening on uh, Google or Apple or Spotify at some point tomorrow or going forward in the future, give us a five-star review. We'd appreciate it. Can you begin to put your finger on a Marty St. Louis power play? And I know that Alex Burroughs is the guy that has that assignment. Why a Marty St. Louis power play um, is struggling so much. I can't. Is it like predictability? Because I I was thinking exactly about this tonight because... You know, you have on the ice at the same time Nick Suzuki who's firing it up 5-on-5, Cole Caulfield, Kirby Doc, uh, Sean Monaghan who is doing, I think, a decent jump in the bumper position. And I'm looking at this and I'm like, it's like you have all the great ingredients for a pizza and you don't make a good pizza, Tony. I know you. You make a decent pizza. You're going to make a great pizza if we give you the greatest ingredient to make a pizza. And you have them and you can't do it. Uh, I, I'm guessing it's predictability so far. But at the same time, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm going to counter uh, argument myself here. Alex Ovechkin has been the most predictive, predictable guy on the power play for almost 20 years now, and he's still lighting it up. I know it's Ovi. I know he is GOAT status for all-time goal scoring. But that's the only thing I can pinpoint because you have the elements. You, If you have the elements, why can't you... Uh, fix that I don't know I guess they need to work on different type of puck moving plays because they're I'm guessing too predictable it's the only thing I can try and think of um, do you think at any point that Alex Burroughs knowing that Marty St. Louis specializes in power play teams have asked him to be a power play consultant he's had a taste of this with the Columbus Blue Jackets and stuff like that Do you think at any point that assignment will be taken away from him and they'll give him another assignment? Uh, that's interesting. Do you remember that happening mid-season? I'm trying to think. Like without a uh, well, it happens on a, it. Ha no, no, no. It happens on a lot of coaching staffs where a okay. coach at one point will say, "Hey, you know what? I'll take over the power play." I believe Claude Julien during his mandate at one point that's he took he took over the power play. I could be wrong, but I've seen coaches do that before. Okay, that's interesting, because I was trying to think. Um, I think you might not have a choice. You might not have a choice, because it's not working. I have a, I have a friend who is uh, he's starting to argue that the power play coach don't do enough video uh, reviews in the show, because, you know, it's like game in, game out, trying the same thing. At some point, I understand trying to establish something, but... I'm a big fan also, when things are not working out, try different things. Try different people in place. You have some element. Um, I don't know. So maybe if you're Martin St. Louis, why not? He, he was hired by the Blue Jacket, uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets a few years back to work specifically on this for them, if you remember. He was like a, a consultant yeah. or something. Consultant, so, yeah. Exactly. Power I wasn't sure if you had the same yeah. word in English. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Conseiller. Yeah, exactly. So why not? I mean, you're the guy. You're in the Hall of Fame for it. I don't know. Is he trying to be too much of a nice guy toward his uh, his assistants? I don't know. But at some point, you're not going to have a choice because it's been it's been going like this for too long now. All right. So if we take a look at the Canadians' power play, and we take a look at what it takes to run a good power play. All right. Yeah. You take a look at a guy at the point. You take a look at a quarterback. You take a look at a guy in the bumper. You take a look at a guy screening. You take a look at a guy being the set-up man, set man on the half wall, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What's missing on that power play most, in your opinion? I would say it's at the back line, that place Matheson is uh, occupying right now. Because Caulfield you has a shot. You don't, so you don't think they have a shot from the point? or, uh, or a quarterback. Or, or, or a quarterback. No, nah, a quarterback. Uh, yeah. Andre Markov, I would say. Because... Caulfield can take the shot on his side. Suzuki can do both, either cross pass like he does so well or shot from his own desk, which he does so well too. Yeah. Uh, I think Monaghan is not the problem. I would say the, the, the quarterback, because remember Drouin was there before being injured? Yes. He was doing an okay job. And I emphasis on okay, really, like no more than that. And I was really looking forward to Madison in this position. And so far, the results are not there. And I'm wondering sometimes, you know, the power plays that I love the most are those that the puck moves quickly, extremely quickly. When you look at prime Washington Capitals, the puck, yes, everybody knows the puck is going to Ovi, but they're um, dizzying you, I guess would be the term, before I, getting the puck add, there. If I could help you out on this, prime Tampa Bay Lightning, where not only there's puck movement, 
but the players are moving. They're never static in the same spot. Those are the power plays I love. This is one thing I don't like. It's uh, is static the right term too in English? Yes. The players are all static. They all have a. It's like, and this is a thing that I find surprising because Saint Louis puts so much emphasis on um, the term concept, team concept instead of a gameplay system. He yeah. wants his players to be creative, but I almost feel like. Do you remember there was a practice? It went a bit viral where Saint Louis was literally drawing on the ice at one point. Uh, and I almost feel like if the guys feel like they have a, an imaginary box around them and they have to stay in it, which are they you should talking, not be. Are, hold on a second. Are you talking about the one where he was sliding across trying to cut off the cross-crease pass? Or are you talking about the one where he was with Caulfield and he was showing him you have a shot, but then you fake it and you cut in? Which one were you talking about exactly? Uh, I think it's the first one you were mentioned, but that one was for the PK. Uh, uh, that example PK, that he yeah. was, yeah, he was giving it for the PK, but it, okay. you know, uh, maybe it was for the PK, but it, it was just uh, to uh, to imagine uh, to uh, uh, I don't know how to say this to put images in people's yes. mind about how I feel like they're stuck in boxes, and yes. I do not like that. On a power play, you gotta be creative, you. and you have the assets you. for it. By the way, do you know Peter from Coach Saint Luke? I do not. You never met the great Peter from Coach St. Luke, who is still yet to make an appearance on the Sick Podcast, but I have a feeling he's going to make one very, very soon, maybe when people least expect him to make it. Well, Peter talked about team concept. You know what the team yeah. concept is? Uh, I think I do. Are, are you ready for this? I'm going to change your life, all right? The okay, acronym okay, okay, for okay, team. The acronym for team. Hold on a second. You talk, and I'm going to see if I can get you something. Give me one second, okay? Okay. This I'm is going to be and- unconventional. It's going to be unconventional that I'm going to leave the screen, but I'm going to do this. Talk ah, to the no listeners. Problem. Say hello. I'll be back in a second. There's Say no, hi to them. Introduce, no, talk about your radio show. Hold on a second. Okay. Hello to Habination, Raymond Singh, Anthony Crisofoli, Dan Howard. Um, I got to be honest with you. Normally, making time like I'm doing right now is absolutely no problem. But right now, I have to do it in a second language, and I'm absolutely horrified. So I appreciate you for sticking with me right now. So let's try and find what the acronym is. T is for Tony, E is for hmm, EA Sports, maybe, and uh, I guess M is for Marinero. So if I had to guess team acronym, Tony, EA Sports, Marinero, that would be it. No, no. Okay, so here (laughs) we go. Here we go. You ready? Team concept. Here we go. Total emotion and motivation. Team concept is total emotion and motivation. (laughs) That is beautiful. You like that one? I like yeah, it. I, I wanted I like to. Uh, I went into my closet. Sport Buff made like about a like a many many of them uh, for us. Uh, here's another one, by the way, that has uh, not debuted yet. Uh, uh, hold on a second. Uh, actually, this one here will probably debut at a further date. I'm not going to show it yet. I'll surprise everyone. Oh come on! I thought I was going to get this. I want that. I want that hoodie. By the way, well, which one? This one here. Embrace the tank. Oh yeah, I gotta have that hoodie. I'll, I'll get it for you. Uh, I got I got George Larac one actually. He was on the show. He's a regular collaborator every Thursday, and sometimes we switch them around though, all depending on when he can make it, when he can't. And I got it. Yeah. He wanted one with the sick with vegan, so I got him <laughs> one that says uh, sick vegan, and oh, I have no, to uh, I have to get it to him. I have to get it to him. Oh wow, that's beautiful. That's yeah, uh, no, it, it, it really is. Uh, it, you know what? Uh, okay, so uh, to all of you watching on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter, once again, tell your friends about it. And um, a, a shout-out to Matrix Home Fitness and matrixhomefitness.ca. It's funny because as we're doing the show right now, I'm, I'm in my, my basement, and uh, to my left is actually my fitness room, and my son is there right now on the treadmill. Bring it home. Discover a club-quality workout in the comfort of your own home. Visit matrixhomefitness.ca. And in that room, we have a matrix treadmill. We have a matrix rower. We have some weights. And we're on the verge of getting a matrix bike. So we are uh, presidents of the matrix fan club, for sure, 100%. Hey, um, so here's what I want to talk to you about now. Eric Carlson. Yeah. Did you catch this a couple of weeks ago when Mike Johnson, who used to play for the Montreal Canadiens, brought up a trade scenario where he said, Eric Carlson, after this year, will have four years left on his deal at yeah. $11.5 million. 
He wants to return to play hockey in Canada. Can he be a fit with the Montreal Canadiens? And if this deal is done in the summer, if this deal is done in the summer, you can trade Brendan Gallagher, who will have four years left at 6.5. The Sharks want to rebuild. They will save some money between the two contracts. The Canadians will have the money to do it because you would think by the end of this season, Drouin, Dadanoff, and Monaghan will be off the books. Maybe even Paul Byron here. And uh, so they'll be able to afford it. Carlson will turn 33. Gallagher will turn 31. They will both have four years left on their deal. But an Eric Carlson who skates a lot more with a transition game is a lot more of a card uh, of a Marty St. Louis kind of system player than a Brendan Gallagher would be. Now, JC and I talked about this earlier tonight on TV Sport. I don't know if you had a chat, see what we're going to say. I'm going to hold back for a second here because I'd love to have your opinion on this. Do you see this at all happening? Absolutely not. I would love it though. Because you would, you would, big, love, you would, you would make the trade if you were Kent Hughes. Uh, from a, I would love it from a purely fan perspective of a Eric Carlson stan. Now, see, uh, there is nothing except a very good goalie like Carey Price. There is nothing I love more in hockey than an elegant offensive defenseman. I am in awe of elegant offensive defensemen, and for a very long time. Eric Carlson was the definition of an elegant hockey defenseman. But uh, the contract, Tony, mm-hmm. the contract, it's like I would not have bought a home in the last year in Montreal because the market was damn crazy. You don't go and buy a home when you have to put 300K more and it is worth. You do not do that. This is mm-hmm. against I, I am a financially very, very uh, a scary guy. I, I like to keep my money close to my chest. And that contract scares the hell out of me. Yeah, the well, you know what? You, you, you know what? I, I'm not a financial advisor, but uh, if you were really, really smart and you had a mortgage on your house, you'd actually put more of it, take the money, and buy yourself another house. That's what you should do. <laughs> Because if you keep your money in the bank, it's going to give you nothing. But if you remortgage, look, see? Raymond I, Singh, Singh Sign Sold, who just got a free plug on a podcast that has reached 10 million homes <laughs> in the last year. I have no idea how he just got a free plug, but he did. Oh. Sing, sign, sold. He will tell you the same <laughs> thing. You don't keep your money in the bank. You put it on your house. You put it on the mortgage. You take the money, and you buy yourself another house. That's how oh, people that's got rich. That's beautiful. All right. Okay. okay so, so how do you get rich with that Carlson contract, though? Well, uh, you can get rich if uh, Carlson... Uh, ends up um, helping the offensive game, you end up becoming a more entertaining team, and you end up selling those seats and those loges, which may not be sold right now. That's how you Uh, get rich. That's interesting. Listen, let's be honest here. You can say what you want about Eric Carlson. He's worth the price of admission. No, oh, I, lo- I, say that, right? I love you. I, I love him. Uh, he's worth the price of admission on hairstyle alone, but that's a whole other conversation. Uh, let me throw you a curveball here. Yeah. That miracle Carey Price was talking about happens. And suddenly, a year and a half from now, you have Eric Carlson and Carey Price is ready to play. Carey Price, is not ready to, Carey Price is not ready to play, my friend. He's played his last game in the National Hockey League. I know. You could take, you could take that one to sure. the bank. Pretty sure, but let's say the miracle he was talking about in that interview with Arpen happens. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I've been telling people I'm going to lose weight for the last five years. No miracle happening here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you just plugged the Matrix treadmill. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got to stop looking at it. I start, you know what? You know what? To tell you the truth, I get on it. I get on it, but I don't push as hard as I should. You know what I mean? Like, I, I got a little bit of a sweat. The heart's beating a little bit. Okay, I, I got to calm down a little bit. Instead, you got to go on it like you want to break the machine type of thing. That's what you got to do. But anyway. Uh, I should get pretty... you on my hockey team, Tony. Every Monday, come with us. Oh, really? Yeah, every uh, Monday. What time night. you play? 10 o'clock p.m. That's beautiful. Can't, can't do it, bud. I got to host a podcast. You see, I have an excuse. We uh. always have excuses. <laughs> But if we, would have awesome. gone, if we would have gone 10 a.m., I could have done it. You know, my, my proposal to Agnello and Sammy at the beginning 
when we talked about going live and having this kind of engagement was, why don't we go at 10 a.m.? It's the one that I thought would have been the no-brainer because of, you know, 15 years of doing a 10 a.m. slot. Mm-hmm. But when we said, why make people wait until 10 a.m. when you can come on right away live at 10 p.m.? So then we changed our mind. But who knows? Maybe one day there will be a 10 a.m. show. Who knows? Maybe one day there will be a 10 p.m. podcast and a 10 a.m. podcast. Got to dream big. That's good. And uh, yeah. got to dream big on Eric Carlson, too. I oh, would, we, got, personally, we, got big I plans, so we got big plans for the podcast. That is amazing. You want to host one? uh sure why not uh are you uh what are your favorite teams the sick podcast is expanding by the way we're going all over north america uh there's a sick podcast in detroit there's a sick podcast in toronto there's a sick podcast in arizona there's a sick podcast obviously in montreal there's a sick podcast in chicago and there's a sick podcast in pittsburgh hmm not, I'll wait for the French version. I'm not sure people want to hear my bad English all the time. So why don't we do a sick podcast in uh, en français? We'll call it Malade. Ah. <laughs> that would be awesome. That I would be on, in. On va l'appeler Malade. That would be in. Yeah. By the way, one of my best business decisions was investing in the sick podcast, by the way. That was a great business decision. All right. Okay. Uh, look, this has been a lot of fun. It's your first time. I'm going to tell you right now, I really enjoyed it. Uh, you're going to be on again and, uh, in, in an ideal world, I'd like to make you a regular collaborator or, uh, you join us on Tuesday nights. If that's okay with you, that's okay with me. We will, uh, we will check this out. I need to speak to my agent because you just gave me financial advice and now I'm trying to seriously consider those financial advice. Yeah. Uh, don't worry. I'll give you good financial compensation. All right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk to you. We'll talk to you. Hey, Max. Thank you so much. All right. Okay. Hey, listen to his show. Monday to Friday at 1.30 p.m. until 3.30 p.m. at BPM Spar, Quebec's number one all-sports radio station. And everyone knows it. Uh, Okay, Uh, why don't we do this? Why don't we try and get some calls? You call. Presented by Playground is uh, brought to you by Playground, your premier gaming destination located just over the Mercier Bridge, only minutes from downtown Montreal. one 585 sick is the number to call. one 585 7425 Of course, there are a lot of things that we can talk about tonight. Number one, in no particular order, Jake Allen loses again. You can now make his record 6-8 and eight with a goals against average. That's above 350 and a safe percentage that is below 895. Number two, the Montreal Canadiens get shut out. It doesn't happen often, but it did tonight. Number three, they lose to the San Jose Sharks at home in Montreal again. They haven't beat the Sharks on home ice in about seven years. Number four, minus nine for the line of Suzuki, Caulfield, and Kirby Dock. Um, where are we at? Four or five. Anywhere. The next one, uh, Slavkovsky and Pizzetta, no chemistry whatsoever. The next one, 11 plus minutes on the power play, a power play that goes all for six. And, uh, you know what? If you want to add anything else, you can do that. Let's get to your phone calls. We'll also get to your comments. Where are we going here? Hold on a second. We already have somebody and yellow and Sammy have brought him up. We are going to Tony in Pennsylvania. How are you, Tony? How are you? Oh, pretty good. A little bit under the weather, but stayed up late enough to watch your show. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate that. Whereabouts in Pennsylvania exactly? Uh, South Central Pennsylvania, a little town called Bedford. Bedford, Pennsylvania. All right. Um, I can't say that I've heard about it. I do thank you very much for for watching. I really appreciate that. It's kind of cool when you do a show like this. And you have people watching from Pennsylvania, actually from all over the world. But let me ask you, because I'm curious, how did you uh, come across the uh, the podcast? Um, well, I've been following you ever since uh, your radio show back on that other network. Um, so I've been just keeping in touch with you the past two or three years, listening to your shows and everything. So I definitely heard about the podcast um, for the past uh, year or so, you talking about it. 
Well, you've actually heard about the podcast since May 27, because before that, I wasn't really allowed talking about it. But anyway, that's another story for another day. So you followed me over, and I thank you, and uh, and I appreciate that. Bing, shots fired. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm one of those people who believes that the Canadians won't be truly competitive, and by that I mean winning a playoff series or two at the minimum three years. Um now, I am concerned, um, I don't know if you are, but I am concerned about the Canadiens' goaltending situation in three years. Um, if you really want to be competitive, especially in the playoffs, you have to have goaltending. And for all the good plans that they seem to have with this team, it just seems like to me they don't really have a solid plan for goaltending. I kind of want, want your uh, opinion on that. They don't have a solid plan for goaltending. You're talking about prospects at the goaltending position or a solid plan in regards to the two goalies that they have right now? Well, I just I don't believe you can be competitive with the likes of Jake Allen and Sam Altenbull. Um That's just my opinion. I don't think you know it, it's a great make, opinion. Make it's... you through the playoffs, but not get you through yeah. the playoffs. And I'm just not a believer in Primo either. Um, like I said, just my opinion. So yeah, I don't know if you are a believer in Primo. No, no. Um, where do you go from there? It's it's a great opinion that you have, Tony. Uh, but I'm gonna say this. You know, let's define competitive. Competitive meaning what exactly? To take them to the playoffs and to be able to win playoff series, they're not gearing to. They're not gearing towards that. Okay, they're not gearing towards that. Look, they're not going to come out and say this, but I'm going to tell you what winning is for them. Winning for the Canadians is not winning a game necessarily five four. Winning for them right now where they are is getting better. Winning is progression. And so when you say their goaltending right now isn't good enough to make the playoffs or win them a playoff series, I agree with you. And they wouldn't say this on the record, but I would be willing to bet that they would agree with you too. Yeah, I guess I just hope, uh, you know, once they finally do come competitive in the next three to four years, hopefully that uh, they do have a solid goaltender to you know put them through the playoffs not just make it there tony thank you very much for following me uh on the podcast when i decided to go full-time with this um one of the reasons why i decided to go full-time with it is because i know that my listeners are the best listeners in the world and they're loyal to me i think i got the best listeners out of anyone out there really i have this following that it's it's my listeners are like family and so thank you for being a part of the family. I appreciate it. Yep, you're welcome, Tony. Have a yep. good one. Thank you very much. All right, there you have it. Listening from Bedford, Pennsylvania. We go back to the phone lines at one 585 sick one 585 We got Gary in Montreal. Gary, thanks for calling the Sick Podcast. What's going on? No problem. I'm the cousin, right? I'm part of the family, so I'm the distant cousin. Uh, you're, you know what? You're, you're a distant cousin. No problem at all. Okay. Where are you calling me you from exactly? You last week, Tony. Yeah. Where are you calling me from exactly? Montreal. And from Montreal. Okay. What's on your mind, Gary? Yeah. So what I want to talk about was a few things, but first, uh, you remember we talked about Owen Beck last time? So yeah. Now officially, I could, I could say that he does not have one weakness to his game because the only weakness I saw potentially that he wasn't physical, he couldn't fight, but now he, he can fight. So he could do it all. So now it's like he's an all-purpose, uh, soon-to-be great player. That's I, I, I hear you, but we don't want Owen Beck fighting. And look, I, with all due respect But I to like Jake, his passion, man. That's what I yeah. like. He has well, passion. He's alive. You know what I mean? With, with, with all due but respect to, to Jake Evans, uh, I don't know what the Canadians are going to do with the center ice position next year. Uh, I, I, I believe that Kirby Doc is going to, I believe, well, what I'm saying is Owen Beck's going to be on this team, but I, 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 what, what line? He's going to be on the second line. He's going to be a second line center next year. Eventually. No, well, I don't think they'll do that. Well, hold on a second. I'll I'll tell you. Okay. Okay. Well, we'll have to wait until next year, but yeah, I'll take that bet. I'm going to tell you why. Okay. Look at what they're doing with Slavkovsky. They're breaking him in slowly but surely. If Slavkovsky was drafted first overall and 15 games in, 20 games in, he's on the fourth line. 
Do you really believe that Owen Beck next season, after playing one yeah. more year of junior hockey, who was drafted 33rd, yeah. is going to center the second yeah. line next year? Yes. Yes, for sure. You know why? Because, first of all, uh, Slovakia doesn't belong. I can't even pronounce his name. Slovakia does not belong in the NHL. He should be in the American Hockey League right now, today, playing 25 minutes, 20 to 25 minutes a game, so he can learn the game and get in a lot of minutes. It's useless. It's a disservice to him to put him on the fourth line. That's where I agree with you, but he should not be on the second line. He's not confident enough. He's not smart enough yet. He's not... He's just not good enough to be in the NHL now. Simple as that. He should be in the American Hockey League playing 20 to 25 minutes a game on the first line. Uh, you know what? You may have a point because I'd rather see him playing 20 minutes a game on the first line than see him playing on a fourth exactly. line where guys are not on the same page with him. Exactly. It's just, but it's more about the amount of time. He needs, he needs the experience of playing every day, almost every, every third day playing 20 to 25 minutes a game so he gets used to playing at this high level in a small ring like the american hockey league fast-paced league that's what he needs to develop not 10 minutes or eight minutes on a fourth line it's ridiculous anyway gary uh, gary you've been heard and you've been heard and everyone watching via youtube and facebook and twitter had a chance to hear you and you say your opinion thank you very much for calling one more point yes go ahead one more point. When you talked about uh, today, Suzuki Caulfield and Dak were minus three. Just to give you a stat, because I went to look at this uh, last time. You know what? You know what the plus minus is of Suzuki and Caulfield is in their careers. This is Suzuki's fourth year, Caulfield's third year. You know what Suzuki is? He's a minus forty-six in yes. his fourth year now. Caulfield yes. is a minus twenty-five. Yes. You know what was in eight years? He's a zero. Philip Deneau is a plus 64 in his 10th year. Okay. And? So what that tells you is, and I see it, I see it every game they play. Suzuki and Caulfield are the laziest guys in back checking. They do not back check well. That's the, the weakness that they have. Yeah. No, I'm going to tell you what it is. Are you ready? Are you ready for what it is? There's also a different twist that you didn't talk about. The different twist is that one is 22 and the other one's 20, and they're actually playing on the Montreal Canadiens' first line at the age of 22 and 20 when the other players did not until they were actually in their mid-20s. And Lekkinen only did it for like maybe a couple of shifts here and there. They're going up against the best players on the other team, and they're going up against the best pairing of defense on the other team. And they did this in a year where Dominic Ducharme was their coach and Carey Price was out for pretty much the last five games of the season as the only ones that he played. And Shea Weber was out for the entire year. And Joel Edmondson missed half a season. And Paul Byron missed half a season. And Lekkanen was traded. And Sherratt was traded. And Toffoli was traded. And Kulak was traded. And Stahl wasn't brought back. And Philip Deneau went to another team. I mean, they were minus 8,000 last year, Gary. Okay, but but Tony, that's a good point. But last year, Suzuki was minus 25, okay? But but he has a minus 46. He's never had a plus in his career until this. So I think he's plus two now. He's never had a plus in every year he's played. Okay, but, but Gary, you realize that the year that they went to the Stanley Cup final, as great as it was, that if it wasn't for COVID, they don't make the playoffs because they weren't very good in the regular season. You realize that too, yes, right? Exactly, exactly. And it okay, don't well, it, you know, if you're not a very good, get injured. if you're not a very good team, you're going to end up being a minus player. Yeah, but not not that much minus, man. Well, I mean, but Lekkinen was a plus. But Lekkinen was Lekkinen was a plus player because you know he's playing on a fourth line, so he's going up against the other team's fourth lines. No, I understand that. I'm I'm talking about I'm talking about back checking and forward checking. Yeah, That's well, their weakness. They well, fold. perfect. They but you know, you know what their strength is is putting the puck in the net and picking up points. True. And that's but what, if, you, and, if you put if the other guys are putting in more goals than you are, then you're not effective as a line. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think the other guys are putting in more goals than them. I I understand your point, but you're discouraging. Look, I'm going to live with offensive players who have defensive shortcomings more so than I'm going to like a really good defensive player 
who can't put up the same offense. True, but so, you're not going to win a Stanley Cup like that, though. Well, I, I, I believe that Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield are going to win a Stanley Cup. And I'm going to tell you another thing. I love Arturi Lekkinen, but if he didn't play on a team with Nathan McKinnon and Mikko Rantanen and Kale McCarr, That's he wouldn't true. have won a Stanley Cup either. Well, we'll talk to you soon. Sure, All the rest right. of you. And, and if Ray Bork didn't get traded, he wasn't going to win one either. But guess what? He was a pretty good player. All right, okay. That was an interesting call from Gary. Uh, a different opinion. Very, very cool. A different opinion. Uh, Gary, you call anytime. We'll get to a couple of comments. Agnello and Sam, if you can bring it up. What is Pizzetta's role on this team? I love Pizzetta. He was actually on the podcast before. Uh, great guy, but he's a 13th forward on this team. That's his role. Um, others coming in. You still believe Marty St. Louis is the right coach for the Canadians? Do I believe it? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it's not a 4 nothing loss that the San Jose Sharks are going to make me change my mind. Marty St. Louis is the absolute perfect coach for this team because guess what? The future of this team are the young players, and the young players are the bright spots on this team. And ever since Marty St. Louis took over, the young players took their game to another level. Marty St. Louis is the absolute best coach in the world for this team at this current time. Other questions? I can bet the Habs go on a long losing streak soon. They'll finish bottom 10, 100%. The Panthers might miss the playoffs. This season, the draft will define the next decade. Remember 2003? Raymond, I remember it. And you and I, my friend, on this are on the same page. There's no doubt about it. Other questions coming in. We have one more. I would try to Jake, Jake, I would try to trade Jake Allen, says Pasquale Fabo, as soon as he gets better. Uh, well, so would I, but he's going to have to get better really, really soon. All right, okay. Uh, why, don't we, uh, why don't we switch gears now and go for gold? Go for gold. A daily World Cup report. Alfonso Davies keeps it himself. Goal! Presented by Bijou Trees Bossy. All right, okay, so today at uh, the World Cup 2022 and Go for Gold is brought to you by Bijouterie Bassi. Where I got this. You like it? I love it, by the way. I really, really love it. And I got this. I love that too. Uh, and the uh, Bijouterie Bassi has uh, provided professional service and fine jewelry for over 30 years. Visit the store at 9640 Boulevard Saint-Michel, and you have uh, several reasons to visit, one of which is that Christmas is around the corner. Uh, you can call them at 514-387-9528. All right, okay, so uh, today at the World Cup 2022, um, as uh, my wife is uh, sending me a text message while this is going on, why would she do this? I have no idea, but she just did. But anyway, this is it. I mean, I'll always tell you what's going on. All right, today at World Cup 2022, all kidding aside, uh, but she did send me a text message. Uh, Senegal by a score of 2-1 to one over Ecuador. Netherlands, Cody Gakpo making a name for himself out of PSV. It looks like he's going to be sold shortly to one of the bigs. He scores one of the two. Netherlands beats Qatar. Qatar, three games, three losses in a World Cup that they are hosting, which is unfortunate. Netherlands wins by a score of 2 to nothing. And the much-anticipated game between Iran and USA, it was USA on a goal by Christian Pulisic, who actually bruised his abdomen in the process. He took a picture out of hospital saying, all right, victory, I'm going to be okay, I'll be back. Isn't that good news? And England all over Wales by a score of 3 to nothing on a couple of goals from Marcus Rashford and a goal by Phil Foden. On to tomorrow in World Cup 2022. Here are the games. 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. now, they're pretty much all the groups, they play at the same times uh, to avoid any kind of match fixing, which is unfortunately something that's happened in the past. Australia, Denmark at 10 a.m., Tunisia versus France at 10 a.m., and at 2 p.m., Saudi Arabia versus Mexico, and Poland versus Argentina. Is this going to be Lionel Messi's last game with the Argentine national team? Man, I hope not. I really want him and Cristiano Ronaldo his Argentina and Ronaldo and his Portugal to go far in this World Cup. But as a matter of fact, it's anyone's World Cup. Anyone can win it. And to tell you the truth, I don't mind who wins it. I'd rather Brazil doesn't get a six star so they don't run away from Italy, who has four stars, seeing as Brazil has five right now. But I will tell you, 
that I always have loved the way Brazil plays, and I still love the way they play. And if they win it, you know what? I know we're going to be entertained. I try to entertain you as much as I can. Some nights a little bit better than others. I always try my best. Some nights it works out a little bit better. You are uh, a fantastic crowd. You're a fantastic community. You are my sick army. You have been supporting me since day one. You have followed me here. I'm not going to let you down. The sick podcast is getting bigger and better every day. You haven't seen nothing yet. The plans we have, we're going to absolutely knock your socks off. It's going to be a fun ride. Thanks for joining me again tonight. Tell your friends about it. Hit the like button. Share it. Comment sick, S-I-C-K. It's our way of feeling the love. And leave us a five-star review on Google, Apple, or Spotify. We'll be back tomorrow night. Same time, same place. I'm Marinaro. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Tony Marinaro on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by Energy Transportation Group. Driven to be different. 8.6. Intense by nature. And La Cage. If the last time you went to La Cage was when the Habs won the cup, it's time you went back to La Cage. The menu will surprise you. 